This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I was reading this uh, report, and it's disturbing. It comes to us uh, out of Prince Edward County. Where Global News has learned about a real, real-life nightmare for a number of foster kids who were essentially used as sexual playthings at a number of different foster homes in the area for the caregivers that, that they were put in the care of. Here's one of those voices and what she went through. They began to buy us, um, sorry, sex toys, um, and then it began to escalate from there. Um, I thought that that behavior was uh, very strange at the time, but again, they were trying to make us, at least that's how they that's how they put it to us, is that they were just trying to make us feel empowered. Um, and then um, as the years went on, um, the behavior progressively got worse to where I uh, had to perform um, some sexual acts on my foster father. She was just 15. She was just 15. And of course, she's in a foster home because she was fleeing a situation of sexual violence in her own home. So the foster parents in that case were convicted in 2011. But as Global News uh, you know, dug into the investigation, it was not isolated. They've learned that several, several homes in this very tiny, tiny area under their approval of Prince Edward Children's Aid Society, were allowing kids to be systematically abused between, uh, you know, 2002 and 2010. We're talking sexual abuse over almost a decade. Professor Nicholas Bala is a Queen's University law professor, also an expert on issues related to children, youth, and families in the justice system. Good to have you, Professor. I'd like to think, you know, and, and tell you that I've never heard such craziness, but the fact is we keep hearing about children being exploited when they get placed into a system that is supposed to care. Why is this still happening? Well, unfortunately, and, and there is a long history of this going back into residential schools and places like Mount Cashel, uh, and we've had a number of inquiries over the years, and we've certainly seen some reforms, but it's an ongoing concern. One of the realities is that um, those, uh, the vast majority of people who work with children are, are obviously focused on their welfare, but there are some people who uh, want to exploit children. They're also attracted to those places mm-hmm. uh, where there are vulnerable children. Um, and who can be exploited. So we really need to have ongoing uh, vigilance. And I think that uh, it's pretty clear that in, in, in these cases, there was not, or at least some of these cases, there was not appropriate uh, screening, monitoring, mm-hmm. not an appropriate chance to allow children, youth, and care to um, complain, to have to give feedback about what is happening to them. Um, and certainly, for example, in Ontario, we had the Office of the Child and Youth Advocate that has been disbanded by the government, which I think is, is unfortunate. That was one uh, avenue that children had to get to have uh, confidential 
complaints and concerns raised by them directly mm-hmm. with with people who could act enough to protect them. Yeah, I mean, this is Prince Edward County. This is not a big city like Toronto where, you know, people fall under the radar. But the fact that, A, it went on for so many years without no one raising a red flag, that it happened in such a small community in multiple locations, and that the, you know, the person that was running the Children's Aid is now facing charges himself. How could this have gone on for so long uh, without anyone noticing? Well, it, it's certainly a, a concern, and I, you know, one of the judges who was involved in one of the cases suggested there should be a provincial inquiry mm-hmm. uh, into this. I know that there have been some administrative steps taken to try to ensure that this doesn't happen again. But I, I think we have to recognize that this is going to be an ongoing uh, issue. It's not, a, it's not enough to say, well, we've, we've dealt with this and we can move forward. We have to recognize that there are going to be ongoing situations uh, and we need to remain vigilant and have to have systems in place uh, to uh, you know, have appropriate uh, supervision and monitoring and screening. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a complete overhaul of the system. I mean, we've heard horror stories, whether it's children that go into Children Aid Society. I did a story many years ago of, of two children who ended up being uh, you know, taken care of by a serial killer um, who would sexually molest them. I mean, these cases go on in these facilities that really are supposed to be safe havens for children, and, and they turn out to be uh, almost like uh, a place just waiting to serve up another person. I think that's why we have to remain vigilant. I think in fairness to those who work and administer the system, we're, we're doing a better job now than we did yeah. you know, three or four decades ago. Uh, we're certainly recognizing that uh, children, youth in these facilities are vulnerable, but it's clear we're not doing uh, a good enough job. And so when these kids go into these facilities, I mean, and then they're once again re-victimized uh, or abused, what, you know, do they have any hope? In, in going on with their lives, and because they have come from abusive situations, do they just succumb to this kind of abuse much more easily? I mean, they certainly are more vulnerable, and these are children who particularly need support, uh, and of course they're not just children, they'll be adolescents, mm-hmm. young adults. Um, there will be civil litigation, there is civil litigation going on, they're going to need ongoing counseling and support. Um, there's certainly more that we have to do for these uh, children, both those who have in this case, who have been victimized, and in the future to either prevent or at least better respond to these situations. Yeah, it is just a shocking headline that it's taken so long to kind of reach the surface, and yet we know that there are systematic problems. It's just a real, uh, it's a real head shaker for sure. It, it's very disturbing, and mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think it's it's uh, you know it's good that at least the public is becoming aware of them. That the, yeah. the media reporting, I think, is a very important part of that. Uh, holding our uh, the, those who work in the system have to be accountable, and it's our politicians who have to ensure that there is that accountability. Yeah, absolutely, because we just have simply had too many cases over too many years, and they can hold all the inquests and, and inquiries that they want. But the bottom line is, the system is broken, and I think we uh, owe obviously these children a great deal more protection. Um, Professor, I wish I had more time, but I am out. But I thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That is uh, Professor Nicholas Bala here on Point on Global News Radio.